Hallo und herzlich willkommen. Mein Name ist Christiane Wirz. Ich bin Coach und Autorin aus Köln und weiß, wie sich etwas aus Krisen machen lässt. Heute freue ich mich sehr für meinen ersten Podcast im neuen Jahr, den ich aber doch im alten Jahr aufzeichnen werde, mit Corinne Meyer zu sprechen, die ich seit einigen Jahren nicht mehr gesehen und gehört habe. Corinne, das verrate ich jetzt schon mal, Corinne Meyer ist jemand, den auch einige hier in Deutschland kennen, eine Autorin, eine Psychoanalytikerin mittlerweile und ein bisschen was kann sie jetzt auch erzählen, was was sich in den letzten Jahren so entwickelt hat. Ich fange mal damit an, dass einige, dass ich mit ihr in Kontakt war, damals, als ich noch für den SWR gearbeitet habe, als ich da festangestellt war. Für SWR 2 habe ich berichtet über ihr Buch Bonjour Paris, das war ein Bestseller. Und da ging es darum, dass man, ja, dass man manchmal den Spieß auch so ein bisschen umdrehen sollte, wenn man merkt, man ist irgendwo in der Sackgasse. Corinne ist Französin und ähm, ich glaube, es ist auch egal, ob mein Französisch äh, schlechter ist als ihr Englisch oder wie auch immer, aber wir werden, jetzt, wir werden jetzt das Gespräch in Englisch führen. We will, I, I switch to English, Corinne, I, I, I know that you understand more or less what I said. Just hello. hello. Bonjour. <lacht> Bonjour. Corinne, since Bonjour Paris, a lot of things happens. Maybe you can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit what exactly did you do and um, how the last years have been for you. Uh, so uh, I have written uh, a couple of books since uh, Bonjour Paris. Uh, uh, that's, that is my uh, most uh, famous book, I think was the most famous books. Uh, my English will come back. And uh, I've written uh, some others, uh, for example, No Kid, that has been translated into German, and uh, also a couple of scenarios, scenarios for comic books that have been also translated into, into your language. I've written, yes, books that haven't been translated into, into your language. And uh, what I've done since then, I'm now a psychoanalyst. I was uh, before, but I was more uh, a beginner, I would say. <laughs> I'm still a beginner in everything. So I'm just trying to find something, something coherent to, to, to explain. So I hope I'm still a beginner in everything because I like to, to tackle, I think I'm wondering if the word is correct in English. I like to, I like new subjects. I like to write about subjects I don't know about before. So it's more interesting, it's more challenging and I try to make life uh, fun and interesting and it's more and more difficult. And uh, it's now really, I think it's a fight to, to make life interesting and fun because uh, I think the sanitary situation has uh, a lot of things. So it's, uh, life is difficult now. It's more and more difficult, but maybe, uh, maybe we'll have some uh, hope <laughs> in the future, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I think you will find hope. As, as far as I know you, 
Corinne is psychotherapist, a psychoanalyst in uh, in Brussels. And um, maybe we, we, I mean, there are a lot of subjects what, that we can talk about. We can talk about No Kids. We can talk about the book that you're writing, uh, that you uh, just wrote. It's, again, a subject connected to kids. But let's first start with this, the COVID situation. How is the actual situation in Belgium? Uh, now, I mean, now, now I'm, I'm in France and it's more or less uh, the same as uh, in Belgium. So we have a sanitary pass and uh, it's a document that proves that you have been vaccinated and you, if you are not, uh, there are a lot of things that you cannot do. So you cannot go to movies, you cannot, do to, you cannot go to restaurants. You cannot go to libraries. In Belgium, you can go to libraries without the sanitary pass. In France, you cannot. So it depends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm laughing because I think it's so absurd. Uh, for example, in the metro in Paris, uh, the metro is crowded as always. You don't need anything. But if you go to the small library that is just there, <laughs> Uh, outside, you, you just cannot cannot go inside to, to read books because uh, you don't have the, the pass, so it's just absurd. We live in, a, in something that is completely absurd, and uh, it's nice to have good friends that share your ideas, even though I think I do what society expects from me. Because, in fact, we spend our lives to, it's normal that, it's normal, it's understandable that society expects us to do a lot of things. So we do it. But what I have the right to, <laughs> we still have the right not to believe in it. And so I get vaccinated. I've had my third dose. So I'm really a hero of the COVID. I've had my third dose. And I was really, I wanted to have it quickly because if you don't, in front, for example, your, your pass will be deactivated <laughs> in January if you, if you don't do it. So, so you, you are eager to, 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 to be sure that will, you, you will be able to travel, to take a plane or to take a train, to, to, to go to a restaurant or to go to a bar with friends, for example. And so I, I did everything. I did everything. I'm, I'm really, uh, but I, in fact, I find it totally absurd. And when I say that to people, sometimes they are shocked because they see me laughing. I think it's really mm. absurd. And you, some people expect you not only to do what is more or less compulsory, but to believe in it. And I just don't. That's why I'm laughing. So the situation is bad. <laughs> but we, we still try to laugh. I mean, you're a, you're a therapist. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm also trying to, to laugh sometimes uh, in this situation right now because the situation is not really funny. But, um, but I think that the, it's, it's, it's a kind of way to... Um, to deal emotionally with all this uh, incredible stress that is thrown upon you and all the things you have to, I don't know, you have to do and who don't really make sense, you know. 
not accusing somebody, not accusing politicians that these uh, that they try to to do and try to prevent and I don't know what uh, makes sometimes no sense. But <laughs> I don't want to, to to blame them. But partly, I mean, it helps. It's like uh, you know catharsis or something. I mean, you you you're a writer too. Well, yes. No, I you, you are right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I feel uh, like you do. I don't blame anybody. I'm just, uh, it doesn't make sense. So it's interesting. But uh, we, we still hope that uh, sometime it will, at one point or another, it will be finished. Yeah. It's a strange experience, in fact. It's a strange experiment. And maybe it's a social experiment. I don't know what it will lead to. I am afraid that it will, it will in fact, never end, maybe. We will have a fourth dose, fifth, and then maybe <laughs> another illness, another virus, and we'll live like this for the end of the time. And it will be terrible. Let's not think about it. Let's not think about it. So, Corinne, the situation in Belgium and in France is more or less the same, that uh, a lot of self-employed people, artists, writers, filmmakers, I don't know what, uh, you know, painters, um, people who have a restaurant, a small one, a big one, uh, tailors, I don't know what, all these little um, inventors, creative people in whatever way, they have a big problem too, huh? Yes, especially those who are uh, not in boxes, because some creators, some people who, for example, run a restaurant, they, they are inside a structure. And I think for them, it's easier uh, because they can, they can get the helps that are given. And I think it's great that they are given. But uh, of course, some of us, uh, don't get the, the helps because we, we we are not we don't fit into no, the boxes so we sometimes we get some help and sometimes we get nothing so it's really a problem you say especially for people who write books because uh, you have to do a lot of things you have to do files and it's normal I don't contest uh, that but you you are not what is asked from from us is not a, Exactly, uh, we have the paper, but we, we can prove prove everything. It's all made, in fact, by people who who get uh, who get paid every month. So I think the whole world is thought by people who are paid every month. Yeah, and uh, so they don't understand that there are people uh, elsewhere who lives different lives. Mm. and totally different uh, expectation and totally different uh, uh, relationship to money mm. but we still have to pay every month things so mm. covid was uh, for some of us uh, very very hard mm. and so that's why we we hope that uh, it will be finished at one point Corinne, you already i mean but you used Corinne, you're used to crisis and you're a very creative and curious person. So you try thank you, to... Thank you, Yes, I, 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 I know. I like your compliments. <laughs> I love your rebellious uh, sides. Um, you told us that, that humor is one thing. Did you write more 
than usually or less? During the COVID time? Yes. Maybe more because I was so bored, in fact, so I, <laughs> I had to, to write, uh, I had to, to write a scenario, so I finished it uh, very quickly because I had nothing much, nothing else to do. And then, yes, I wrote another, I think it would be a book at what point, so I wrote, uh, I wrote it, uh, even though it was quite difficult because I couldn't go in libraries, so I had for this new project. I had to, to read a lot of books and to find a lot of documents and I couldn't, well, I could, but it was quite difficult. I had difficulties to, to go in a train and to, to go in, in libraries. And so it was a fight. In fact, I wasn't used to, to fight for reading. <laughs> so it was quite new for me. I didn't know it was possible to, in a free world, supposedly free will to have to fight to, to read books. Mm. So that was a discovery. Yeah. Partly you tried to, to get through with humor. Partly you, um, you don't think the situation is really funny when you have to fight for a book and um, for so many things that you thought um, that would be part of our Western democratic yes, whatever there are, there are things that, that doesn't make sense and didn't make sense for example in, in france i was in france part of the the, the sanitary uh, uh, crisis and at one at one point they decided to 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 to, to have a curfew so the curfew in france was 6 p.m and generally it's the, the time when people take the aperitif so it was, uh, of course, it was, uh, it was devastating because we couldn't drink the aperitif it's because <laughs> there was a curfew. And so generally you go out or sometimes you just don't do it every day, but you go out to see friends and so on. So, <laughs> so all people I know and myself also, we decided to take the aperitif at 4 p.m. So, so part of the, <laughs> it's totally absurd. So you you drunk at uh, 4 p.m., which is very <laughs> early in the day. <laughs> it's all like this. And we had the force. Uh, no, in France, it was really very funny. What, but it depends. It was terrible, but funny at the same time. We have to, to fill in papers uh, to, to <laughs> so you have to to give yourself the authorization to to go out so you you had papers and forms and you you had to fill in the thing and then you could go out and in the evening you could you you had to go out with these papers and we all did uh, fake papers and i had friends I know <laughs> that gave me wrong, they gave me fake uh, papers from the company. So it was great because it was very serious. I was, mm -hmm. a, I was a computer science uh, expert. I was, so, so it was a new, new lives open to me. Oh my no, God. I'm joking. I'm joking, but we, we have to laugh a little bit otherwise <laughs> it's so, it's, um, it's boring. <laughs> Okay, but tell us a little bit about the, the new book. The, the book, No Kid, was in German too. 
is there a connection between the No Kid book and this one? Because it deals, as far as I know, and, and, and you told me, uh, with um, kids again. Yes, there are, there are connections, uh, I think. Uh, the new book is uh, it's called in French Dehors les enfants, so it would make, I think, in English, uh, Outside uh, the Children. And uh, it's based of, on my personal experience with my son, because my son is now uh, he's 25 and he had problems in the past. He was a difficult uh, child and a difficult grown-up. And at one point, he didn't want to leave the, the house. He didn't want to do anything. And it lasted uh, maybe two years. And I didn't was uh, devastated because I thought he will stay there his whole, whole life, it would be terrible. I just will never be able to get rid of him. So I explained in the book how I, I pushed him out with different uh, ways, uh, some subtle and very rough. Uh, I tried to, in this book, to give, to give tips to, to parents who are fed up or, of their grown-up uh, children who are stuck inside because there are many of them and more and more. There are millions uh, of them in Europe, between one and two millions uh, in France. And it's really a problem. There are different words to describe them. The Japanese call them hikikomori. There is even a word in uh, Chinese. The Anglo-Saxons call them the needs. And uh, I'm thinking of another example, the French, the Tanguy, because it's a famous film. I don't know if the Germans have a word for them. You know, the, the young people, the young who don't work, they don't study, and they don't train for anything. So it's just home, and they are just doing nothing. So is, is there a word in German for them? So maybe... If there is not, maybe you have less of them. Maybe it's this way. You know, I have no kids myself. I used to be, um, I used to work for a German university and um, also during this COVID lockdown times. And I had the impression that um, they might want to get out, but they are so afraid because of all these problems. And I also thought a lot of them have mental health problems right now. Like um, there are so many expectations from society and, and, and expectations they think they have to fulfill themselves. You know, they, they have to save the world. They, uh, they are just a few. They are dying when they're 40. Uh, they, I don't know, they have to be uh, Harvard uh, students with uh, A grades from the morning till the evening. And still they have to, I don't know, be socially engaged and, you know, collect uh, <laughs> plastic uh, waste and I don't know, you know, be an activist and uh, be at least as tough as Greta Thunberg and, you know, all these things that partly it paralyzes them. No, you're right. I, I deal with this in the book, but I think you are totally right. I think the, the expectations uh, that society puts on them is too high. And I think it's also, there is a problem with the education that they, they have, they receive because the parents expect too much of them. Yes. And I think they are really uh, 
they can't breathe uh, because of that. It's quite difficult. And so I think parents spend too much time with them. We parents, we I have spent too much time with my, my children. So, uh, of course, if you spend a lot of time with your, with your child or your children, you expect a lot. And then you you put too much pressure, you put too much effort. In fact, you you should just live your life and let uh, the young be what he or she wants. Mm. But we, we, as parents, we, we don't, we don't dare do, do this. We, we, we put too much pressures on ourselves. We feel too much guilty. So the book more or less deals with these kind of problems. But you're right, we, we expect too much. And we did too much. And this is all uh, the same problem, in fact. I know. I mean, I didn't read the book. There is a, a bestseller in German. I think it's two or three years ago. Uh, the title was, oh, it, it still is, I think, Das gewünschteste Wunschkind aller Zeiten, which means the, the most wanted uh, whatever since all time loved and expected kid, you know, like everything, you know, is the, it's the crown of everything, of your all of your existence that, you know, I don't know. So who can live with this, you know, like... Uh, exactly, yes. It's, uh, it's, it's really too much. So Corinne, let's, let's uh, come to the end and um, finish maybe with some funny things. So your, your son, did he leave? Yes, he did. Yes, it's uh, almost finished. He, he left for, because he, he went to study elsewhere. So he did some university but elsewhere so that's great great relief and he has almost finished so maybe in a couple of months i'll be totally free okay so so then you will be free and um do we have plans in this times where all the plans are i don't know <laughs> for the no i, I don't because Pubel. <laughs> even now i don't see him so so often so i'm already free in fact but i I'm still uh, I'm still paying for his studies, so I hope that uh, I'll have less to pay, and it would be really a relief for me because, as we said, to be self-employed is quite difficult. So the less I have to pay, the less I have to earn, and then, uh, as we say uh, in Asterix, uh, there is a, a famous quote uh, of a Roman. Uh, of a woman who says ma vie ne sera plus qu'une longue orgie so it's always quoted as people they expect that in the future that they will be totally free and they will live uh, the the whole life with, will be a great uh, a great meal in fact an orgie so when you have plenty of food and that's so maybe tomorrow it's like freedom in fact maybe tomorrow we'll be free and then our lives will be a long uh, a long banquet je ne sais pas si ça se dit en anglais but uh, you see what you mean i know and uh, corinne i mean like people say that uh, the age of aquarius already began and uh, that we will be free and independent and uh, abundant and uh, maybe this these all these all things all these things with covid are just the birth pains. So uh, hope to Let's hear from hope you. That. Hopefully, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Corinne, for thank um, you very much. 
Thank you very much for your question. Did you have a publisher? Is the, 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 the book already published? Can you repeat it maybe for people who like to read it in French? Yes, it's called Dehors les enfants. Dehors les enfants. Yes. Not, not alors les enfants. <laughs> non, c'est dehors, outside. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Corinne. Hope to. Merci beaucoup. Et puis uh, à bientôt. À bientôt, Corinne. Dann wieder zurück auf Deutsch. Ich habe mich sehr gefreut, mit ihr zu sprechen. Wir haben uns auch damals für dieses Interview ein bisschen länger Zeit genommen. Und manchmal ist es auch so, wenn man Bücher von jemandem liest und ihn dann kennenlernt, dann hat man ihn schon ein bisschen besser gekannt vor dem ersten Gespräch. Ich hoffe, dass wir bald wieder interessante, in einem interessanten Podcast Gast haben werden. Dieser Podcast wird ja im Januar veröffentlicht. Das wird der erste sein. Wir starten also mit Heiterkeit und französischem Humor und wie es dann weitergeht, weiß ich im Moment noch nicht. Ich wünsche euch einen guten Start in das Jahr 2022 gehabt zu haben und auf bald. Bis dann. Macht's gut. Tschüss.